We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packer fans happy friday welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl I am so incredibly excited to be joined for our experts, I don't know, guest specialist today, uh, the one and only Dusty Evely. You can find him on Cheesehead TV. You can find him on Packer Report. Of course, you can find him right here on Packaday as well. He also has his own amazing Substack, so check that out. Dusty, we do not do this as much as we should, but I'm so happy to have you here today. How the heck are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you asking me. Like I said, it's been, I can't remember the last time we talked, which means it's been too long, but yeah, dude, I'm excited to hang out, catch up with you a little bit. And then also, I guess maybe talk a little football if we get around to it, right? Yeah, very much so. I'm, <laughs> I'm super pumped as well. So uh, as everyone has probably come accustomed to now, since you are the fifth and final uh, expert of the week, uh, we're going to ask you three questions that I've been asking everyone all week long. Then I've got two dusty, evilly specific questions. Then I'll end with a personal question. Are you ready to be on the hot seat? I'm ready as I'm ever going to be, man. All right. So number one, what I've asked everyone, first of all, we're just about to kick off training camp. Who is the one player or what is the one thing that you are most looking forward to at training camp this upcoming season? And you cannot use the name Jordan Love in your answer. So I'll let you go in any other direction that you want, but you can't use Jordan Love. What are you most looking forward to with training camp this year? 
I, I mean, I love just all the hype stories, um, the rookie tight end stuff. I mean, we know like tight ends, uh, rookie tight ends specifically takes them a while to get up to speed. And so I'm not expecting a whole lot from them in season, maybe a little bit more from Musgrave than Kraft, but just like, I, I want the hype, man. I want, I don't even care if I see the video. I want to hear like uh, Luke Musgrave made a diving one hand and catch in, in the red zone uh, in a red zone drill for a touchdown on the back corner. Of the end. I want like all of that. I want, all the hype i want that i want let's think of musgrave i want the big stuff craft i want like crafty cleated a guy who saw him coming and just lined him up perfectly like i just want all of the these guys are going to be hall of famers i just i want that vibe and i also want along with that just just josiah Aguara doing doing good i have i'm i'm like driver of the hype train but even then it's limited expectations for him but i think this could be the year for him so i just want like i I want Musgrave one-handed catches. I want crafty cleating guys. I want DeGuard just like, that was a solid play. Look at that contributor. <laughs> that's all. That's, that's the talk I want. That's all I want out of training camp, dude. I love that. I, I've said for a little while now, as I've just been like marinating on what's been going on and or what happened at OTA's mini camps, rookie mini camps, et cetera, just two players, two and a half players that have been like living rent-free in my head. Luke Musgrave has been one. Just like we have been so thirsty for a tight end with the Jermichael Finley sort of, mm -hmm. you know, skill set and package of, you know, just traits and oozing of potential. And this is the first guy that legitimately like in person feels like, oh yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's different. That feels different. That looks different. And I have to keep telling myself like rookie tight ends, dude, rookie tight ends, <laughs> like, slow your roll, just stopped. Like, don't get excited. Don't get excited. But like, I can't get over just some of the stuff that I saw and the blocking stuff's going to be a work in progress. I don't even care because I guarantee you Matt LaFleur has got his, you know, notebook out and is just going crazy, figuring out ways to like, how, how can we scheme this guy up? And mm -hmm. it's going to be so fun. So that's a, the, the number two has been Romeo Dobbs, which everyone's been talking about to death, but it has just looked a degree of different from what we saw from a season ago. And that is super enticing. And then the other one that just a little bit too is Carrington Valentine, but I know we'll, we'll stick with your tight end group. I'm so excited for Musgrave and Tucker Craft. And uh, even like Josiah DeGuard, Tyler Davis had a quietly nice, you know, OTA mini camp as well. So that entire group, I'm just intrigued. Give it to me. Give me Tyler Davis quietly good, man. I give you that. Give it all to me. All day, every day. Like, you know, we are in Hope Springs Eternal uh, <laughs> mode when we're talking like, hey, Tyler Davis, really quietly nice you know, OTAs <laughs> in mini camp. We are in full-fledged Hope Springs Eternal mode. All right. I love the answer, though. Let's go to number two the million dollar question as we go into this season. And I don't know how to define it. It's all a beautiful mystery, but as we sit here today before training camp, what are your personal expectations for Jordan love and the Packers in 2023? I, I expect him to be solid, not great. I expect him to be, um, I was saying this to someone somewhat recently, like I, if he's top 15, I'm happy. If he's, okay. if he's not now, does a disaster. If he, can make good decisions and makes the right throws more often than not. And looks like he looks like he knows he belongs. That's where I'm at. And, and I can't remember who it was. And they were like, I, there's a lot of like pretty good quarterbacks in the league. Like I'm looking at 15. I think he can break top 15. So, I mean, I think, and, and it's, it's weird to say, cause I mean, you know, as well as I do, I mean, this is not a rookie year, but he's been in the system long enough. The expectation I think a lot of people have of what I've heard is like, it's mostly people who don't know what they're talking about or want, like want to talk bad about the Packers or whatever. And it's, it's this, if he doesn't come out the gate amazing right away, he's been on the bench for three years. What's he been doing? And like, I don't want that. I, I, that'd be nice. That'd be real cool if he did, but yeah, I expect him to come out 
there's maybe an air of protection to him with with what they're scheming, what they're doing. But I still think that's somewhat limited. I think they're going to go probably a little more spread. I expect him to be, from what we've seen, perfectly fine decision maker, like does pretty good, makes some boneheaded mistakes, but more often than not knows where the ball is supposed to go and delivers it relatively well. And I think the team as a whole will probably follow that. I, I think some bumps in the road. I really want to be hyped on uh, the Dobbs stuff. Um, certainly Christian Watson, uh, Jaden Reed, you know, I hyped about, I already talked about DeGuaro, like some of those guys, but I do think it's going to be some of what we saw last year where we knew kind of going in offense is going to be bumpy a little bit and we hope the defense was going to carry him and they didn't. Um, so hopefully the defense steps up a little bit. I think it's going to be a little rocky out of the gate, not smooth, smooth, but I, I mean, by the end of the year, I'm expecting love to be yeah top, top 15, top 12 quarterback uh, by, I don't know. We'll see like DYAR, whatever metric you want to use. And then the offense to be like, fine to where you're like okay i can see where then this could grow into something for next year for 2024 like for me this is it's all about 2024 i want it to be something to dream on you've built blocks in 2023 and then say all right 2024 like you can see everything's coming to a head here you know what we have in jordan love so it's kind of more i want hope for 2024 by the end of 2023 without having to feel like i'm reaching too hard if that makes any sense no totally and, and i'm in lockstep with you there i want to see growth through the course of the season and even for me like if he doesn't end statistically as a top 15 quarterback, but by the end of the season, he's playing like a top 15 quarterback sure, like yeah. that, that to me would be like, there could be a first eight games of the season where everyone's just feeling each other out. Meaning you've got a full wide receiver and tight end room of first and second year guys, sans your man, Josiah Deguara. And I guess Tyler Davis, but uh, like you are so you're so young at those positions mm -hmm. and a first time starting quarterback, you know, teams are going to throw everything at him to try to confuse him and make it like it's going to take a little bit, I think, to just have a full understanding. I'm wondering, though, I know you chart. This is a this is a follow up to number two. So this is not a separate question. I just want to clarify that. Uh, I know you chart a bunch of the offensive stuff in the offseason and kind of go through everything. I've been rewatching a lot of the 2022 season, which I continue to not recommend to anybody. Um, but I wonder if you've come across this as well. I've been really surprised in 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 a lot of ways, taken aback by how much easy stuff Aaron had over the course of last season, where it has just been little screens, tight end screens, running back screens, wide receiver screens, the little, you know, bootlegs where there's a tight end wide open in the flat, or maybe a second level throw that's easy for an NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, just stuff that I was really impressed that Matt LaFleur was able to find ways to manufacture stuff. Sometimes it didn't even work, but it was still an easy completion. But I was like, did you, pick up on this at all where like, and you can disagree with me by all means, but we're like, it felt like there was a lot of stuff for Rogers completions last year that I feel like Jordan love should almost like easily be able to complete. And some of the, there's obviously a lot of stuff too, where Aaron did, where it was just like, okay, like th there's a handful of yeah. guys that didn't even attempt that throw much less complete it. But I felt like there was a good chunk of stuff too, where I'm like, yeah, Jordan's got a lot of this stuff easy. Yeah, I mean, I think to, to some extent, I think yeah. I mean, there was like a, a somewhat of an evolution of the offense last year in terms of how defenses were playing them and how they had to react. I know early in the year, I want to say first half of the year, Aaron Rodgers' a dot was ridiculously low. Like his average depth of target was really low, and he had he had one game. I can't remember what game it was. Maybe the Giants game. Uh, it was one of the, it was one of the first five games. It was one of the first five weeks, like forty three percent or forty three forty five something like that. Like close to half of his throws were at or behind the line of, sc line of scrimmage. It was like those bubble RPOs. He was getting that stuff out quick, which I think like Love has done that, but his release just isn't the same. Like I think the RPO game yeah. I think will likely be dialed down, um, or, or certainly I think changed uh, due to that. So I think some of that stuff, like some of those like 
easy, easy completions that were like, we throw if we have an advantage. I don't know if that was the floor, if that was Rogers, but like the first half of the season, they threw an insane amount. But like, I think it was his lowest a dot through like six weeks since like I was rookie year or something, whatever yeah. it was like, it was like, he was really low. Like he was barely through and everything down the field, but it was all that being said, I do think the floor, I don't know, took it up a notch, but certainly like, I think was playing around a little bit more last year. And I think more when, when Watson came back as well, um, cause they didn't know how to use Watson. Watson was like jet sweeps and we'll touch pass it every now and then that was basically it with him. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think LaFleur showed a lot of growth last year. I think he has every year. So, I mean, I think it, it, I, I certainly trust him to give him some of those easy completions. Um, we'll see how defenses react to some of that. Uh, but yeah, I think, I, I, I think he's, I think love should be able to start out with some, Hopefully some gimmies, which, I mean, you watched the college tape as much as I did, more than yeah. I did of his stuff. Those gimmies are not always gimmies with love. So that's one of the things I'm very curious about. Like those, those are the flat. He'll dirt those or sail those. Like, has he gotten better at that? I don't know, but I'm, I'm very curious about some of that stuff. Yeah, there was, there's one in OTAs too that he just had Dylan in the flat and it was just, and then maybe Dylan ran a depth that he wasn't supposed yeah. to, like, you just don't know. Right. But like, you just, it just wasn't, it's like, all right, th- those are going to be things that are going to yeah. take a little bit to get used to because some of that stuff for Rogers for so many years was just automatic. So that's mm-hmm. a really good point though on Rogers and how quick his release was and how that is a weapon on the outside that just might not be there for Jordan yeah. as well. That's, that's something I hadn't really uh, thought of. So no, that's really good stuff. All right. Number three question I've been asking everyone. And I know you tend to uh, lean optimistic, which I love about you, but you can go in any direction. You can go optimistic, you can go pessimistic, wherever you want to go with this. But we've had this entire off season to just sort of watch everything and take in everything and all the moves and the draft and all the tape that we've watched and everything like that. What's one thing that's just been sticking with you, whether it's a reason for optimism or a reason for pessimism that you can't really shake and you just want to kind of see how it plays out in 2023? I mean, there's a lot of, I think, area for pessimism on the defensive side. Um, and there's some optimism there, too. I mean, for me, one of the defensive side is I mean, the same thing as everyone else is Devontae Wyatt because he showed flashes last year. But Clark has, I don't know, if been declining. Like, he hasn't been as dominant. And is that because of the guys been around him or anything? And with more playing time, does Wyatt? So some of the defensive line stuff, I know I, I tend to stick offense, and I do have stuff over there as well. But I think just that defensive line, because they haven't done much with it. Are they expecting a TJ Slayton is a guy for me that like, I I watched him a lot at Florida. I think he is what he is at this point. Maybe he's got something else in his bag, but he's at best. He's a big dude who sometimes will give up a little too, too much ground than he should, but more run plugger guy that like once every three games is going to flash something pass rush. Like, Oh, if he can develop that and then he won't because he hasn't yet. We haven't seen it yet. So like Slayton just seems like a dude. TJ Slayton is like, I don't know, a superpower Tyler Lancaster in terms of like what he can do, what he is or what he is now. So the hope is that Wyatt steps up. The hope is that Clark can level out, at least be like above average, if not reaching some of his heights and that Wyatt can do something like, and that's, that's the thing sticking with me. Cause it's the big, they haven't done a bunch with that. So you hope a bunch of guys in the defense take leaps up. Are you banking on Joe Barry making adjustments? I know I, I certainly am not. No. And they don't care about stopping the run, which I don't necessarily agree with, like philosophically speaking, but you need guys up there that can do something. So that's the thing. Like if they're going to make any kind of run this year, I think the offense ultimately will be fine and probably good enough. But that defense, it's just like if one of those guys goes down or if Wyatt isn't what they think it's going to do, that, that could derail stuff real, real fast. I mean, that, and that's not even talking about, you know, Rashawn Gary or anything. It's just this, this nagging, they haven't done anything with the defensive line. So how is that going to come up and end up biting them? 
No, that's been one of my big things too, allowing five yards per carry. And, you know, Justice and I talked about this as well. If you don't eat your vegetables on early downs, it's going to be really difficult to get in some of the third and second and long situations, fourth and long, whatever, um, to try to make teams predictable. And that makes things really tough. I do wonder if like, cause they, they dress and maybe this, I feel like there's been a disconnect between Goody and Joe Barry of like what Joe Barry wants to run and like what players he needs to sort of run that defense, because if you're going to play too high. You better have great tackling safeties on the back end. And it's like, that will just get you, we're not going to get you any safeties actually. <laughs> and not, and certainly not good tackling ones. And then it's like, all right, well, if we're, we're going to need to be really stout against the run up front. Um, if, cause we're going to have two safeties that are playing deep. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, well, we'll give you Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks to pass rushing specialists <laughs> on the inside. Like it does some, sometimes feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect there, but it does feel like, all right, you went Devonte Wyatt, who is more of a, a gap penetrator, like, and then you've got Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks, two guys mm-hmm. that are more pass rush gap penetrating specialists, even Lucas Van Ness. If you move him inside and even on the outside, I feel like is more of a penetrating guy. Same thing mm-hmm. with Rashawn Gary, Koi Walker, maybe even as a blitz. Like, I feel like they've got more guys to, you know, maybe penetrate gaps and maybe try to get upfield a little bit more than to actually like do the whole thing of like, let's just hold the line of scrimmage and let Devondre and Quay try to like clean things up. Right. I okay. wonder if they maybe make a little bit of a transition to, Hey, we're just going to fly the freak up the field. And you know what, if they get, you know, 12 yards on a run or whatever, we'll live to see another down. But if we can get one of those, like to, you know, a three yard loss in the backfield and now it's second and 13, maybe now we can actually do something with it. Like play 30 yards off the line <laughs> scrimmage and just let them complete things. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but like, maybe they're, maybe they'll go in a different direction, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. Yeah, no, I like, I like that idea. I like the idea of attacking, but like, I don't know the thing with the, the thing with Barry, it seems like has been play it safe and then be sound on the back end, which they weren't last year like they weren't sound defensively and then they were making mistakes so if you want to be aggressive if you want to make mistakes at 100 miles an hour you better have guys that can clean some of that stuff up and right now like you're gonna have five guys knifing through the line and then darnell savage like (laughs) trying to make an open field tackle like this is gonna be a nightmare dude why'd you do this to me why am i (laughs) i was just gonna say like you were supposed to be the reason for optimism (laughs) as we uh and but i don't know how we got here but yes there is things certainly on defense that i i'm until they prove that they can be a really good defense, I think you just have to go into the season assuming like there's going to be a lot of frustrations. And I hope they prove us wrong, and I hope they have a really good plan for this season. We know how much high-end talent is on this roster that's just hopefully waiting to be molded, and maybe this is the year they figure it out. But until they show it, it's, it's tough to believe it, and I think that's yeah. a, a fair observation. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. The two dusty related questions. Let's start with number one. You've done, as I mentioned, a ton of tape study this off season. I'll let you go in, in any direction that you want to go here. If you had to have one takeaway, what was your either biggest takeaway or biggest find that you would like to preach to the masses from all the tape study that you've done this off season? Uh, I really like what Matt LaFleur did with the run game. I like there's, there's a, I know there's somewhat narrative on him, I don't know. If, I don't know. I say I say this. I sit at my home. I get most of my Packer stuff from people on Twitter. So I don't know how like widespread some of this sure. is like outside of that world. Um, as far as like he doesn't make in game adjustments. He doesn't make in season adjustments. Uh, what he did with the run game was really really cool. I think this year. Uh, so early in the season, and I, this is something I thought they were going to do coming into 2021. I think and kind of 2022 is more gap seam scheme stuff. So more pullers instead of just the wide zone inside zone because some of that stuff you know there's there's ways to play against that now and guys are figuring that out and so you have to find new ways to attack so they went to more pullers pull a guard he's usually pulling a center because josh myers for all of his faults very athletic guy good on the move so they're pulling a guard and pulling a center and then they're or the yeah garden center to the left or right and myers is, is pulling in there as well to attack a specific area whether that's sweeps whether that's trap whether that's wham a lot of that kind of either inside or outside lots of polar stuff and it went real bad it went real bad and i think just because they had guys i mean they brought elton jenkins back and all you know yeah. he clearly wasn't ready you had guys out of position you had guys that were not good the right side of the line was bad for a while and the run game was just horrendous as a result and so the floor saw that and it was before the bye week that a late bye i can't remember when it was exactly they switched it they went back to kind of a more basic look which was kind of the wide zone inside zone stuff but the way they they basically used motion tight ends as pullers, which a lot of teams will do, but they would use like it was jet fly motion and they just they would where they snapped it. Then you release the guy to different areas. So they would have, you know, sometimes he'd be kicking out the end, going all the way across the formation, kicking out the end. Yeah. Sometimes he's going, he's he's leading right through the A gap and you follow through the A gap. So they still he found a way to get to some of these power looks. But with the line in flux, it was this like this this question to answer right it was i want i want to do this stuff i don't know the person i'll do this stuff but i can't do the stuff i've always done how do i get there so the way he used deguara uh some of the stuff in the backfield that was like the pony package stuff the two back stuff was bad and then they brought deguara they were basically okay instead of aj dylan it's deguara we're sticking deguara in there and that stuff worked better so some of the packages even with like deguara and tyler davis they're able to get some of those power looks without actually pulling and, and compromising some of the gap integrity that they issues that they had early in the season they were and, and, and their run game looked a lot better as a result so that was one of those things you know i usually spend a lot more of my time on the passing game uh, but as far as like what they did in season, that was something to me. I can't remember again what week that was. I think it was week seven or eight, something like that. You start seeing some of that stuff, and they leaned on it more as it went on. Like, oh, okay, like you can you can see you can see the vision there. You can see what they do, and then they build stuff off of that. Which now I think going into twenty twenty three gives them a really cool uh, maybe package of stuff. Because if now if you have a offensive line you feel better at pulling you now have some of the polar stuff but then you also have some power stuff you know you can get to without having to pull those guys and then some stuff maybe that works a little better down the goal line because a lot of times you get those pullers on the goal line 
you give a gap for a guy to knife through. And if everything's not tight, then everything gets a little tighter down there. So I think that was a really, really cool kind of just small little adjustment that I, I didn't see. Certainly, I don't even think I saw that during the season as I was like looking game to game during the season, kind of as I've been going through lately, it was kind of that, that that's kind of cool. So that's, uh, that's one of those things that one of those little tidbits I found. And as it goes on, you keep watching how they built it in. They eventually started motioning Tyler Davis in just directly behind, like you're just offset from Aaron Rodgers, and then you're using him to hit the A-gap. So just all these little ways they were using to get to these power looks without pulling guys. So that was really, really cool. Uh, we talked a lot more about Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuar today than I thought we were going to, but <laughs> every second of it. But I think that's what, it's going to be really interesting with that tight end group kind of circling back to what we originally started with is because I do think Musgrave is going to struggle a little bit with the run mm-hmm. walking just to start off with. And even like Tucker Craft, like I think there's a world in which, like you said, he can be depleting some people, but I think that's going to be a little bit of a work in progress as well. Mm-hmm. And then I think we are going to like, we all just want to see craft and Musgrave, right? We want to see them excel and succeed, but I think there's a real world in where, in which Tyler Davis and Josiah Deguara get some of those snaps, especially early, especially like some of mm-hmm. those rundowns and they're going to get craft and Musgrave involved in different ways. But um, Tyler Davis might, quietly be the best blocking tight end on the roster right now, which feels kind of weird. Low like, bar to clear, buddy. <laughs> I know it's a very low bar to clear, but it's just an issue. Like you just knew you had Mercedes Lewis in the past and like, all right, we got that. Like he's the blocking guy. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if they use a little bit of six offensive linemen, which they did with Rick Wagner. When I, I kind of assume they're going to have to, right? I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. So that's all going to be super interesting to me, but how they utilize those tight ends, how they rotate everyone in and how they get them in different packages. Like that's going to be super, super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a really great observation though and i do agree i think some of the stuff that came with the run game i love the little you know pitches to the outside too that they did later oh yeah it was really really good stuff all right final dusty question before we get to your personal question that is what has been your favorite or least favorite move of the offseason for the packers maybe something you were hoping that they would do that they ultimately didn't do or something that they did do that you're like all right i'm pretty jacked up about this I know there's not a lot of free agent stuff, so it's probably more draft related or maybe it's just trading Aaron, whatever. But uh, what was your favorite or least favorite move? Yeah, I'll stick. I'll stick the tight end room. Honestly, I'll just say uh, since we're since we're talking nonstop about tight ends today, apparently, um, I'll say Mercedes Lewis because I mean that's one of the other things I. I I understand like wanting to get young guys in there um, and, and play those young guys. And even if like, if you're looking at this as a bridge year somewhat and you see what happens, you know, 2023 and then what happens in 2024 and you want to get Tucker craft out there. So like you said, I, I think he could become a very good blocking tight end, but I, I don't expect that in year one or maybe not even year two. I think the tools are there, but we'll see. Right. Uh, having a guy like Lewis and to, like watching him, there was, there was something I was looking at uh, last week. I was looking at low red zone stuff last week. Like I said, the, like the six offensive lineman, he's like holding the edge against a defensive end to the run side that the guy could not move him, could not get outside and end up being a touchdown. And that was like, it's that stuff. We talked to um, Matt Schneidman last week and he was, he was talking about that. He was talking about Lewis as well. Like he said, if you like, just go back and watch a lot of these run plays and just look at Lewis, like just, I know he's getting older. I know the past stuff isn't there. Like he'll catch three passes a year for 30 yards. Cause no one thinks he's going to catch a pass, yep. but he's just holding down every snap in snap out. And I think with the tight end room in flux, I mean, that's even without saying like Tyler Davis might be the best blocker might be nice to have a good blocker. Even without that someone, I remember that was, that was when Tunyon came in. Uh, Tunyon talked about how amazing it was to be able to learn blocking from Mercedes Lewis and receiving from Jimmy Graham, who was there at the time. Just both those guys who aging, and we know what Jimmy Graham was when he came to Green Bay, but yep. still like in his prime knew what he was doing and understood what it meant to be a receiving tight end. I think having a guy like Lewis, not just for on the field, 
but as an as the elder statesman in a very young tight end room, I I he's not signed anywhere yet. I like the idea of getting the young guys on the field, but I would also like to see him back in the building. If if, if God forbid someone gets injured or if some of those guys aren't coming along a little bit, I think just from a schematic standpoint would be good, but also just from helping those guys grow standpoint, because you, you pay tight end coaches, yeah. but you talk, I mean, in, you listen to anyone in the league talk, it's different talking to a coach and talking to yeah. a player. There's things that they will talk to Mercedes Lewis about. They will not talk to a tight end coach about. So that that's one move. I, it's not that I, I, I'm mad about it. I understand why he's not back. I just I, I just kind of wished he was back for for multiple multiple reasons. Yeah, I, I am king of like let the kids play and like all right, Mercedes Lewis isn't opening your next window for you. Yeah. Like get get your younger guys on the field and all of it. Like that is my shtick. That is my gig. Like all of it. Like we you don't you don't need a thirty nine year old tenant. Mercedes Lewis is just different in that regard. If for a variety of reasons, like you mentioned a lot of them, obviously he still has a role on this team, like on any team, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like there's not a team in the in the league, which is maybe he's just not on a team right now. Cause he doesn't want to go to training camp, which I totally would get Could at be, this point. Yeah. Totally fine. Um, but there's not a team in the league that couldn't, you know, find a way to use him in some capacity. If he was on the 53 man roster, just not like yeah. you mentioned in the run game of him, just sealing it. I I've talked about this before. I don't know how many times where like they will do that, like the thing where you put a tight end on an edge rusher on like a play action fake. And then you've got like a running back or maybe even an offensive tackle ready to pick the guy up once he beats the tight end. Like you've got that second and it's just Mercedes Lewis is like, no, I got this. Like you, <laughs> like you don't ever even need the second layer because Mercedes Lewis is just going to block him the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much of that stuff, but above and beyond that, like you mentioned of, of all seasons where this is a little bit of a transition year, whatever we want to call it, we don't need to get into the semantics of it in any capacity, but like it's a transition year. And to have that guy in the locker room of all the veterans on this team, that would have been the one where I would have stood up and been like, Let's, how can we find a way to get this guy on the yeah. roster in some way? And like we, we've talked about today, right? Josiah DeGuara, even Tyler Davis, you know, Tucker Craft, and then, um, you, you know, uh, Luke Musgrave. Like we want to see those guys out on the field and getting snaps. All of it's amazing, but man, it just feels like in some way, there should still be a way to get that guy in the roster yeah. in some capacity. So it, it's, it's a tough conversation because I get both sides, but um, it's tough seeing him go if he ends up not being back, which is kind of what I'm expecting at this point. Yeah. All right. The most important question that I will ask you ever, what as of uh, three seasons in, so I can't say uh, in the future what this question may bring, what is your <laughs> sure, all-time sure, sure. favorite, I think you should leave, sketch? Oh, man. Listen, it's probably right now. I think it's probably baby of the year because um, that one still makes me cry laugh every like threatening a baby just will all would always make me laugh. Uh, in that context, oh, wow. is good. I will say that like this season, the um, either the VR headset one or the one with right. the, where the where the monster comes in through the doggy door um, are good. But I think all time, I don't know, man. Like I I go back and forth on some of those coffin flop always gets me. But I think I think uh, yeah, I, th- I think the um, baby of the year just. That because that hooked me right away. And again, there's something remarkably funny about the premise. And the, the, like the doctor's name is Doctor Skull. Like, yeah, just, it's just absurd. I, I think I think that's with a bullet. That one, and then other everything else is competing for number two. There, everyone has their like gateway. Uh, I think you should leave sketch like the first one. That's like okay. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm like I, I'm now inside of your mind, and I get everything <laughs> that you're doing. Um, my, I think my two favorite, and I kind of go back and forth as well. 
like sloppy steaks just over like the the the, the song <laughs> the song at the end is ultimately what does it for me where i just like the, the sketch in it of itself is amazing and they could have stopped there but then the the song is just so perfect so i think it's like the vampire weekend guy it like is, recorded yeah. it specifically for it or that it's so beautiful <laughs> um i also have tables is the other one where it's just like so absurd and uh is also up there on my list for this season um, I know it's a little bit more cliche and uh, like the, the obvious one, but the drive-through is just beyond amazing. And then the zip line too, like just the, the premise oh of the, the reality show and then like him zip lining and that's all he wants to be there for. Is I'll say uh, Biff Whiff showing back up for uh, the Shirt Brothers skit. Just oh. him him destroying an elementary school classroom because of a pop punk song. The, yeah. Just the premise itself just absolutely kills me. He's amazing. Uh, you are also amazing. Dusty, plug whatever it is that you want to plug. You're absolutely everywhere on uh, the, the Packers sphere. You do absolutely incredible work. Go subscribe to his Substack, but I'll let you plug away. Yeah, at this point, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm taking a break from a couple things. The She Said TV thing I did during the season of She Said TV on Wednesdays, I guess, and usually Pack Report on Tuesdays. I uh, did a big call sheet series over at She Said TV, which is 11 parts walking through different down and distance stuff. And so that's up now. Um, I'm working on now. It should be out. Uh, up, I would hope before this is before this is out. Uh, looking at pony package across the league, and then building a a series of pony package plays that you could say, here's what has worked around the league. Here's how you can build this in. I'm actually hoping that'll that'll be up. Uh, yeah, hopefully a week before this is out. Is fingers crossed. My hope. Um, and yeah, Wednesdays uh, Wednesdays pack a day with Steve and Sarah. And uh, that, yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm going to fire it back up when the season starts rolling around, but I think I'm starting to die down a little bit now and I'll, I'll reawaken uh, sometime in, in mid August. I think. <laughs> yeah. This is the, this is a little bit of the dead time before training camp starts, but we're getting closer and closer. And like I said, before we know it, it's going to be preseason and then regular season. And then we're just going to be off and running and everything's going to be full steam ahead. So uh, like I said, you do absolutely amazing work. You guys on the Wednesdays, uh, Steve, Sarah, you just absolutely amazing stuff every week. So appreciate you a ton. Um, again, make sure to go and check out Dusty Evely wherever he is working on stuff. Back report, she said TV. You can follow the Packaday Podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. That's going to do it for us. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.